So I'm gonna set us recording now. Hi, Bridge. Hello, Cassie. <laughs> chips and beans, chips and beans, chips and beans, chips and beans. Oh, is that like a salt and pepper version? That's like it's like um chips and beans, like salt and pepper, but chips and beans. Chips and beans is here on the podcast. Here to push it good. Yeah, that's so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, love that. Um, yeah, but I've never thought of that before. Because you some you have salt on your chips and you can oh. have pepper on your beans. Salt yeah. and pepper, chips and beans collaboration, I feel. Oh my God, can you imagine? Look, I think I'll we should like reach out. Beside myself. I think, I think we should reach out. Get their people to talk to our people. I mean, there are people being us. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to be our people um, and reach out to Salt and Pepper for us, see if we can do some kind of, uh, you know, collab between artists. I then... bet between us, we, we know someone that knows someone that knows Salt and Pepper. <laughs> you know I mean? Maybe. Like, this can't be a hard connection to make. I mean, we're cool, they're cool. Uh, well, I think you've bloody nailed it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, like, we're obviously recording this for the audio, but we are also on video chat together. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say what a remarkably lovely place you're in right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on a glorious quarantine holiday um in an amazing flat in the beautiful eastern in bristol which i love very much and it belongs to someone who's very very special to me it's me it's you yeah (laughs) i am coming to you from bridget's flat from bridget's sofa um because i have been in quarantine for almost two weeks so that I can see my partner and then I'm gonna also go and see my mum and Bridget has very kindly let me take shits and sleep in their flat for two weeks. (laughs) They're very brave. (laughs) And I am back at my mum's in Southampton. Drinking lots of hot chocolate. Yes. Getting rest. That's awesome. And then, so you're off for Christmas then? Christmas and birthday? Oh, yeah, off for Christmas, off for birthday, Christmas birthday. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my Christmas birthday peeps. Woo! Uh, a terrible time to organise your birthday anyway, let alone in COVID. Hilarious. Um, yeah, so and I was chatting to someone earlier and, and was like, I haven't taken any like long periods of time off work this year. I've worked the whole time, taken like the odd day here and there. But um, it's partly because I've been on my own in my flat and I'm like, if I take time off, what am I going to do? Just sit on my own in my flat. And it, it really, it's, it just didn't seem like I needed to. And also the other part of it is that, you know, living on your own like that, you need a routine and work was such a good stabilizing routine to have that even though it was like never ending, it was good. It, it helped, you know, me keep track of what day it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also haven't had any time off work. Uh, oh, apart from, you know, when my dad was in hospital and my life was falling apart, but that wasn't really like time <laughs> off. time off. No, that was, that was me <laughs> driving to and from the hospital and doing over my mum's garden. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm taking two weeks off over Christmas. So I'm VV excited. Um, and I'm great. just, I like, for anyone who's seen my Instagram today, you'll see that um, I have been putting all of the love onto Bridget because I just want to make this public knowledge, Bridget, that you're just such a wonder in my life. And I'm so fucking grateful to have a friend like you um, who, this is the second time I've quarantined and it really um, settled my anxiety to know that this time I was going to be going somewhere that I've been before and i've stayed over here before i've eaten here before i've taken a shit here before like it really helped me um because i'm doing it again and i I know what i'm doing this time but i knew where i was going this time 
and I know you're having a little cry, but I love you. And I think like, it's one of those things where in friendships, there are always going to be things that you can't do for people. But in, when you think like, actually, how can I help my friend in this moment? Like what, what is something that I can offer? And actually it just worked out really well. Cause I'm really happy that you've gone back to your mum's for you to be looked after for a bit, for someone to cook you a meal and for you not to be alone for a bit. Like, I know you like being alone. You like living on your own, but living alone uh, during the pandemic, and I'm sure loads of people listening to this will be able to relate. Like if anyone's been living alone or not been able to see people, like it's been really bloody challenging. Um, and then on the flip side, it's been challenging for lots of people living in house shares and stuff and being like, you know, on top of each other in, in a way that you wouldn't usually before, not sexually, but like just um, in the house and stuff. So it's been challenging for everyone, but like being able to do small or big things for each other is really amazing. And I just appreciate you so much um, because I love you and it means I can see my partner and my mum and that's really amazing. So I hope that I can repay the favour someday. I'm sure you will. I'm (laughs) sure you will when I need need it. I mean, obviously that's not why I I didn't do do it preemptively. Like, oh, I'll get get a favour out of this. But I, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot and um, consistent emotional support isn't something that I can be relied upon um, and I'm aware of that. And I've really, like, come to terms with that this year and been okay with that. I've been like, that's fine. That's just something that I need to work on, but I'll get there. I know how much trouble you had last time trying to find somewhere. And the, the reality is, is that, you would have had to have gone to a hotel and spent loads of money on a hotel just to see your girlfriend and your mum for Christmas. And, and I was like, well, I have, I have something, I have something right now that I can give to somebody else. And but it also was a win-win for me because yeah, I get to go home and see my mum and, and I'm very fortunate and very like happy to be able to have that, you know, and be able to eat meals with other people and someone knock on my door and be like, do you want a cup of tea? And that being like, oh my God, I really do. (laughs) Because it is, it's really exhausting having to take care of yourself all of the time. And those little gestures that you get when you live in a house share or things like that, you like after a year like this, you're alone, you really notice that that lack of connection, even those Mm -hmm. little little, um, gestures and things like that. So yeah, it's really nice to be in a place where I can, be a bit pampered by my mum because my mum's a Cantarian and she loves to love. My mum <laughs> loves to love. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's been um, it's been good, and we've now I've now like published all the books for this year. Woo! Fifteen poet, fifteen poetry collections out in the world this year. Wow, that's a lot. That is a lot, and I've been doing podcasts and online launches for each of those books as well. It's been really full on really full on I really enjoyed it and I'm really glad that poetry has really adapted to COVID in terms of moving things digitally no one has worked harder in the in the literary world than small presses have this year like small presses have been really pulling it out of the bag with very little funds very little resources and um it's been very DIY and I've I've been loving watching everyone come up with new ways of communicating with people it's been really great yeah 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 and we know i mean this government doesn't care about the arts like we know we know that i mean successive governments of all colors have not cared about the arts um in a lot of ways but especially the tory government do do not care about the arts and you know we're seeing small businesses struggle small presses struggle music venues, record labels, you know, the things that give us the most joy in this world are the people that, and the organizations that are struggling. And it's so hard to, to watch that happen. And then also try and support it as much as you can, but like everyone around you is struggling as well. So it's like, everyone give your money to these organizations but also you also have no money so like it's you know it's really 
Uh, yeah, it's such a tight bind, isn't it? Wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, like this, like at the beginning of the year, like, and I think a lot of people um, with mental health will also say the same. At the beginning of the year, it was sort of like, oh, okay, well, this isn't much different from my normal lifestyle of staying inside, not being able to go and see people, like having constant anxiety. <laughs> you know, that was um, sort of like, oh, okay, well. It feels a bit more normal now because everyone is sort of feeling that that level of pressure but n- now it's the end of the year and people are like reflecting on things and i haven't really allowed myself to miss the things that i haven't had like it's a survival thing like i live day to day that's how i cope every day is but just do that and think about the future or the past too much but like now it's getting to the end of the year and that kind of reflecting thing is just happening generally I have I'm like I've really missed a lot of things Mm. that I haven't acknowledged throughout the year because I've just been getting on with it and surviving um and yeah I'm missing that community I'm missing I'm missing punk shows and not even punk shows just like going out with my friends or like you know, having more than six people in a room, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and so much has happened this year as well for so many people. And like, I came into this year being like, this is my year. I'm going to get back out into the world. I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to be out bitches. I'm back. Ha ha. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. All right, well, I'll just stay inside again. All right. It's <laughs> <laughs> so anticlimactic. I was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I totally know what you mean though because like like there have been things that I take from this year um that I actually just really want to take forward into my life whatever the future looks like like you know having more time to rest and not putting loads on my shoulders all the time and saying yes to everything and like doing all of the projects all the time and it just fucking destroys my mental health and actually having more time to be alone and like because I kind of have you know I kind of was doing the opposite of you and like going out too much and doing all of the things and volunteering for all of the things and working a full-time job and like trying to do loads of stuff and it was just like crushing me and like this year uh like personal stuff aside outside of that actually I've had more time to rest more time to like you know have an early night I've drank less alcohol, I've read way more books. And like, I want to keep hold of that. I don't know, like that's been amazing for my mental health. And, you know, I've exercised more. I've, I just feel much better in my body and I want to keep hold of that. Um, but in saying that, it's today actually, um, I've been thinking loads about how much I miss gigs today. And like, I listened to all of the demos from all of the bands that I'm in. <laughs> Cause I was like, I miss these bands. I miss playing in these bands. Like my band stress, like we got to play one show um, and we had all these oh, shows yeah. planned and we were due to record at the end of March and we got to play one show and then COVID happened. So it was like, oh, I really miss playing in that band and I miss playing bass and I miss screaming in bands. I miss going to shows. I I definitely miss going out with you and like all of our friends to go, just to go dancing and just to like yeah. get sweaty, get drunk, neck some Jaeger bombs, feel sexy <laughs> and sweaty and queer and like horny. And like, you know, that's, I really miss those nights out so much and like I haven't you know every now and then I'll think about it but today the last couple of days I've really been like oh my god I really really miss it I'm missing do you know who I'm really missing my friends who I didn't really see a lot but would see at shows and like my friends who I'm in bands with who like people like Alistair who plays drums in stress like I only really get to see him at band practice and when we play shows because he lives in Bournemouth And like, I wouldn't see him day to day. He's not someone I can call and be like, do you want to go for a pint? 
like and I just uh, people like that who I see through music who I get to see when we're hanging out at shows or when we're at band practice or when there's an in-store at a shop or you know it's record store day and we're all doing something or there's an all-dayer and people are coming from all across the country like or you know we we booked an Airbnb to go to Manchester Punk Festival like all the pals yeah. from all across the country that we would have seen that weekend and yeah. it's just like I miss I'm I am getting old, but I do miss sweaty punk shows. And I you know, I miss it and I can't deny it. There was a point there was a point this year where I was like, maybe I'm just over it. Maybe I'm old now and I just listen to Lizzo and you know, my um nineteen seventies soul playlist and that's it now. That's who I am. And then this week has truly proven i've been listening to like hardcore all week <laughs> like this week has really proven that like that's not true <laughs> i still love punk i still love hardcore i want to play shows and also i think um the last time we recorded we were both having a really fucking tough time and i don't know about you like i i do feel a bit more positive recording this episode um things are still shit People are still fucking ridiculous and not abiding by COVID rules. But I guess um, the approval of the vaccine is giving people some hope, which is really cool. Um, and we hope it gets rolled out as quickly as possible. And also like I'm able to quarantine. I'm really, I literally get to touch my partner in like three days. I haven't, we haven't held hands since August. Like I'm so excited and I'm, and you're like at home being looked after. You got yourself a nice beer there. And um, yeah. And so I don't know, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, more self-reflective than I than I have been at this time of year for the last few years, if that makes sense. Like, this year has been really, like, usually I'm like, okay, yeah, right, I've done that, yeah, okay, and then, like, three years later, I'll be, like, reacting to it. Mm. <laughs> that's that's how it works. But this year, I, I've done loads this year. I've thrived because I'm an introvert and I get my energy from myself and and being able to do a lot of things really DIY from home has been great. I've done a lot of poetry workshops this year. I've, um, you know, Oh my God, you start, you start, you started the writing group. Yeah. So I started a, um, writing group called them us. Um, they us, sorry. Um, through for book's sake, who I do, that's what she said in Bristol with. Um, so we've started this online writing group. There's 10 of us. We are all non-binary gender non-conforming writers of um some of us are poets some of us are playwrights some of us are prose writers some of us are scientific journal writers um and it it sold out in 45 minutes so the tickets were free but you had to book a space and um i sort of sent it to a few people in advance to see if they might be interested and yeah as soon as i posted it on twitter within 45 minutes and the worst part about it, well, not the worst part about it, but the funny part about it was that I was drunk when I did it. So when it sold out, I got really overly emotional about it and like called my mum. And she was like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah, big cried and then ordered myself a cafe Kino burger. Woo! <laughs> I know. But it was great. It was, and so we've had our first session. That's been really good. I feel like I've been able to connect a lot more with my poet, with the poetry community because I don't feel the constant need to go outside and go to poetry gigs all the time because poetry gigs like we've talked about on this podcast before can be really challenging if you have emotional triggers. So it's been really nice to be able to connect with like people that I know through doing Unislam who like live and work in Glasgow and Edinburgh and York and like all over the country, being able to connect with them on a more regular basis has been really lovely. So I really enjoyed that and, and I finished therapy this year. So I did, I've done a full year's worth of EMDR therapy, um, which has been absolutely uh, life-changing in a lot of ways. It's just really helped me to, to shift my perspective on a lot of things and to get myself out of a really ugly period of time. 
I'm thinking about all the good things that have happened this year instead of all of the negative things, which is a huge change of perspective for me. And so, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty, um, pretty happy. Yeah, there have been a lot of negatives about this year and I need to go back to therapy. <laughs> I, I finished another <laughs> round of therapy this year, which has was amazing. Um, I think the main thing that therapy this year did for me was help me understand what I really need from therapy. What I really kind of learned was I really need to get a black therapist. I have only ever had white therapists before and I learned that actually some of the stuff that I need to talk about in therapy, I need to go through that with a black person. And that that is, I think that's as valuable like when you go through therapy, it's like you might come out of it you learning a lot of stuff about yourself and you feel great or whatever. You also might recognise that you still need to be in therapy, but it's a different kind of therapy that you need. And that's just as valuable and just as amazing um, as like coming out and being like, oh, well, that was great. But like you come out learning, you come, in, you come out the other side learning so much about who you are and how you approach life and I think that's just really powerful and I should also say that I got some really good news this week um, Tell us good news, <laughs> which is kind of therapy related in a way um I found out yesterday that I have been accepted onto a counselling course that I start part-time in January which means it is the very first step that I'm taking towards becoming a sex and relationships therapist, which is something that I've been talking about for about five years. And there are many, pe many people in my life who are fucking relieved that I've started to actually think about like, well, I'm going to start the training because I have been going on about it for a long time, but not yeah. doing anything about it. Um, and this is what I mean, that this year has given me a chance to like, actually sit with my thoughts and being like what do I want from life and like not getting too existential about it but like just being like what's gonna make me happy like just oh. why the fuck are you not doing the things that are gonna make you happy what's your fucking problem yeah. like so you know uh that's fucking exciting I literally I had a little cry when I got the email yesterday and got very excited and I'm doing I've also booked on to some training for January and February uh training like some training session about um supporting young people in in particular around sex and relationships and one of those sessions is particularly focused on um supporting young lgbt people um around sex and relationships so i'm like really excited because i think we should have more black therapists more queer therapists more black queer therapists so like i'm really really excited and then i can start volunteering and supporting people which is yeah which is super super exciting but um I, I have a, i do have a question which li listeners may be interested in just going back to what you were saying about your writers group what oh. do you think is like because i the thing i found really interesting about that when you kind of came up with this idea it was so obvious that you know it's sold out in 45 minutes the space that you've created is so necessary um you know um non-binary and, and gender non-conforming writers out there were like absolutely gasping for this space they were just like yes yeah. yes yes we need this this space is for us this space is for our voice like what do, do you have a plan for it or are you just seeing how it goes like do you think you'll like open up a waiting list or something later down the line like if people are listening to this and being like oh i missed out on a space like what what do you think the future is sorry i'm putting you on the spot a bit there no 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 so there is a waiting list um, that people can sign up to if they want to. I basically, and this is any, for anyone that might be interested in setting up their own kind of writing group or any group for a group of people, group, group, group. That <laughs> um, I literally just was like, okay, I think there needs to be a space for something for non-binary people. I am pretty good at starting that kind of thing. I've done, you know, DIY projects and stuff before, you know, so it's sort of like, my approach to life is just to wing it, see what happens, and then learn from my mistakes. <laughs> um, but this was very much like the first session was like, okay, I don't know how people want to run this, 
So we collaboratively came up with the structure of how the writing group was going to work, how we were going to give feedback, what the safeguarding was. We did all of that in, in the first session. And overwhelmingly, everyone said that they wanted to be there because they just wanted a space to be able to talk or, or just exist and be non-binary and it for not to be a question for anybody. Um, and also, it's very important for non-binary people, especially in the arts where we are so lumped in with women all of the time, that we have our own space, that non-binary have their own space to be able to um, just, just be with each other. You know, it's important for people to have those spaces. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, it's not just, it's not up for discussion. It's just those spaces need to exist. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, there's a space in my community, just do it. Just, just you know, in the same way that we set up this podcast, we just did it. You know, it was, there was no big grand plan. There was no funding. There was, there was nothing like this. It was just, let's do it. Let's do something. And I think if this year has taught us anything is that we are really capable of doing things, lots of things from our own homes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been one of the most brilliant things is like, actually, you know, we can do this podcast. We're in two different cities. Like it's actually really easy. It's like, you know, we're doing this on Google Hangouts, which is free, like, you know, and I'm recording this on my phone and the the microphone's really good on my phone. So it's just, you know, yeah, it's, it's really easy. And I, I've really enjoyed like the amount of, um, like, film screenings and panel discussions and like workshops that I've been to online this year, like from my bed in my pajamas with a cup of tea. And then I've been going to sleep. It's been so great. And it's been like, it's really, really good. Um, So yeah, actually the technology exists and um, we can connect with each other from wherever we are. And it's amazing. And I'll I'll tell you what, one that I, there are a few things that I, um, I want to talk about on this episode about things I've really enjoyed recently. But one of them that's just popped into my brain is um, last week I attended an online film screening and panel discussion that was facilitated by Kaleidoscope Trust. And I don't know if you or or anyone listening knows Kaleidoscope Trust. Um, They are a a charity and organisation um who work uh on the kind of legal side of lgbtq rights around the world so they're based in in the uk but they're an international charity so they work across the globe in countries where being lgbtq is illegal some countries um it's punishable by death or long prison sentences or you know it's really frowned upon there's lots of violence um so they're an awesome organization um their chief exec is lady phil who's uh, the founder of uk black pride and lady phil um bridget all know is like one of my favorite humans uh, i really love her and admire her um i've seen her speak a couple of times but kaleidoscope trust um her, her lady phil's colleagues at kaleidoscope trust um put on a really cool panel discussion last week and it really like we I was literally there with so many people from around the world in different time zones so like the the panel discussion was about uh like representation of trans men and uh, masculine presenting lesbians uh, in the global south the panel was chaired by uh, a person called Campbell X um and facilitated by Kaleidoscope Trust. We we watched, um, like, it's like a 10 or 12 minute film, which was called um, Kings. It was all around a conference that was delivered in, I think it's in Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, which was brought together like drag kings and um, trans men and masculine presenting women from across the global south and it was like an international conference and we watched that film and then there was um just people on the panel from from all over really so you, you had campbell x who was in the uk i was very excited because i've been testing myself on african geography and um there was um someone there from eswatini which is a tiny tiny country in africa and as soon as they said they were from eswatini i was like i know where that is so like uh i think it was 
half maybe it was like 7 p.m uk time but like it was just people from all across the global south um and it was just so fucking interesting and it was like their perspectives on life basically life community um feeling like you fit in dating love sex like it was so beautiful and it just what you were just saying about like you know we can do anything online if anything has taught us that like there's no way I would have got to hear those perspectives in a normal year like when I go to a panel discussion it's people from England or America uh people who are rich because they've got the money to like go to all these international conferences or organizations have got the money to bring these people over or whatever it happens to be so and the the you know the they organized um and it was very diy like you were saying like actually it was um in particular um a trans man and his partner were just like we need to create a space for us we've got to create the space so they basically yeah, just basically DIY'd it, put together an organisation, did this conference, and now, um, you know, it's brought together trans men and, and masculine presenting women from across the global south. And like, that's yeah. so, it was so awesome. And I, I really enjoyed it. And we can um, we can probably share the um, link to the film, actually. It's like a really short film. I think it's like 12 minutes long. And they sent us the Vimeo link. So maybe we can share that. Uh, oh, on our yeah. socials so would recommend yeah. watching it it's really good I really enjoyed it yeah. what have you been yeah. enjoying on the internet when I well be, that just reminded me I went to the trans day of remembrance online vigil um this year a few weeks ago I have never I've never done trans day of remembrance in terms of setting time aside to to do that kind of thing um I'm, I'm not sure what maybe i did this year maybe it's because i've come out as a winery this year so i felt and maybe because we're all very dislocated from our various communities um but they have five five speakers um all from like different parts of the world there was a, a lesbian from russia trans lesbian from russia who was just talking about what's actually happening in russia in terms of what life is like for lgbt people over there um and it was really emotional um, and horrendous. It was, it was really horrendous. Um, but I just felt this uh, like overwhelming sense of belonging and um, safety within safety to have feelings about, you know, trans and non-binary identity, and to connect with other people and to connect with that feeling of of, of needing each other and needing to tell like you could tell these people's stories that it was like i need to tell people that this is happening because no one's knowing and that that powerful tool of the internet like made that happen um and you i wouldn't have heard that person's account of what it's like down at old college green you know and that yeah. wouldn't have been the what what would have been there which is you know not to say that they wouldn't have had great speakers but it, it was really good to hear from trans communities around the world because it makes everything all a bit more real, doesn't it? Because yeah, I, think we I totally really agree. Bogged down, really bogged down in our own politics in this country and what's going on here. And like, it's there's so much going on that it's so easy just to get saturated in that. But this vigil was very much taking it out of the local environment and reminding us that trans issues are a global issue. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was really beautiful to be part of, and I was really glad to have, have put the time aside to do it. Mm, mm, yeah, and be, and be reflective. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, and I I also attended a really good poetry um, uh, poetry book launch by a poet called Rosie Garland, who is like the, the fairy goth mother of poetry of UK poetry, um, and she's just released a new book called What Girls Do in the Dark. Um, and it's a, a lot of like gothic imagery mixed with um, the cosmos and planets and stars and constellations and such a beautiful book. Um, and that was held by the publishers, uh, Nine Arches Press, who are a great UK poetry publisher. Definitely recommend their poetry to pretty much everyone. And yeah, that was a really nice night. And, and, and again, it's on Zoom, but they mirrored it so it was on YouTube. So I watched it on my television. Great. You know, 
which was amazing. It was so nice. Um, one thing that I've had constant conversations with people as I've been recording podcasts for the Burning Eye podcast is that everyone really wants this level of um, th- this kind of online events to keep running, to keep going afterwards. So much more accessible for people. Yeah. Um, all types of people from all walks of life. And I think that's really been the really saving grace of this year. Yeah, definitely. The internet. If this had, if this had been happening while we didn't have the internet, it, I don't, I'm not sure how it would be. <laughs> yeah. 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 Disabled people for so long have been asking for online broadcasting of events you know online panel discussions online film screenings or like even recording of events and then to show them later online um and they have been denied that over you know years and years um and now because we all need it because able-bodied people uh, and neurotypical people need it we can all just do it really, really easily and quickly. And I just really hope that we don't lose sight of how transformative this has been for access. Like I'm not saying it replace, you know, disabled people also deserve to be able to physically go to events. This shouldn't replace the drive for accessibility like out there in the world, not on the internet, but at the very least, we should also be maintaining what we're what we're putting out online. Um, yeah, because it's helped us all feel so connected. Um, and like, you know, the amount of um, Black History Month events online, really good. I, I went to a couple of um, workshops that were run by um, All Black Lives Bristol. Um, who I know like you've been involved with through the Black Lives Matter marches and stuff. Uh, yeah, went to a couple of, of their Black Lives Matter, uh, sorry, Black History Month um, online workshops and discussion events. Oh, one I really enjoyed was um, about the history of queerness across Africa. So like oh. how colonialism has really erased, um, like how basically homophobia and LGBTQ violence across Africa is not african like queer it's queerness colonialism yeah it, it, it is it's so yeah exactly yeah. exactly so like queerness is as african as jollof rice is like do you know what i mean <laughs> like you know um i've been really craving jollof rice recently <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking i really need to make some jollof i haven't had any jollof for a while but um i i like uh yeah and it was awesome like it was really really great and then uh there was like discussion and speakers and and then we would break off into breakout groups to have a conversation about uh blackness and queerness and like um yeah there was like no one it was do you know what one of the things that was really good about it what you were saying about connecting with people that you wouldn't usually speak to and we're getting that because we can have discussions with people who are in different countries in different time zones but even the people i was you know i think most people at that workshop were from in were in bristol if not in the uk but i still didn't know anyone um yeah, I was meeting doesn't everyone. Bristol, doesn't Bristol seem bigger now this yeah. year? Yeah, yeah. I think, like, being involved in doing, like, the Black Lives Matter stuff and things, like, I have always been very just in the punk scene in Bristol. Yeah, me too. Um, and whether that's, you know, at the Exchange or at the Chelsea or whatever, like, I've always been that sort of where I've, I've always just existed. I never... I've never questioned it really. I mean, doing the poetry, like I've obviously, I'm very fortunate to meet a lot of great people that live and work in Bristol as artists and writers who are parts of like different communities. I did Shambhala with a bunch of them. But this year, for some reason, it just seems like the communities of Bristol are so much more suddenly open, the ones that were not very open before or very easy to find, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and that's been really nice. And I, I know you were saying, but I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing that you didn't know anyone in that workshop. 
<laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, on the back of what you were just saying, it's like some of those communities feel more open, but also we've been challenged to connect with each other. Like, yeah. I think we can be really closed off. And, like, some of that is about self-preservation, but also, like, we've talked before about how, like, the, the Bristol punk scene can be quite elitist and, like talks about how we want to diversify but to what extent are we knocking on the doors of other communities we're expecting them oh. to come into our space instead of taking our space and our community to people and saying hey this is for you too we're expecting people to just look see how diverse and lovely we are we're really kind like come to our thing and then we wonder why muslim punks don't come to our shows like because we haven't actually yeah. gone and spoken to anyone. And I, so I just think like, what that's maybe one thing that I don't want us to lose and what I don't personally want to lose is my desire to meet and speak to people across my community, like my my geographic community. It's really pushed me to connect with those people. And, and even just through COVID of just like, making sure that my neighbors are doing okay. Yeah. Like they're in my community, like I've got, couple of elderly neighbors who've been through a lot and like and on the other side like a family who've got a disabled child and like actually I just check in on them sometimes and I should have been doing that anyway um yeah but like yeah. I, those kind of things that I don't want to lose and it's been really good like I've taken part in so many nice things so anyone listening to this who's maybe feeling a bit disconnected or um I know it's not the same as like going down the pub or wherever but there's so many free things out there it's been it's been really good to just find out what's going on around the world and there's lots of people out there who have similar interests to you who are talking about the things that you want to you want to talk about on the I internet. I have found it really comforting to connect with the global world um to rem to remind myself that it's out there like in the car when we were leaving Bristol coming back to Southampton like, I was like, oh, my God, fields, <laughs> the sky, <laughs> fuck. Like, neither things I see from my flat or anywhere in walking distance of my flat. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, my God, the world does exist. And it's been really comforting and helpful to connect to things outside of my friendship group or my city or, or whatever it is that, that I found that really comforting too, you know, because obviously this year we're so focused on the domestic and what's going on at home and how we're going to survive this, picking out positives from the outside world instead of just being the outside world is scary. It's all horrible. Like allow yourself the opportunities now while we, while we can to be able to connect with those people more. And I think also Bridget, you and I are both massive geeks and I and we both love to learn. I have found a lot of time for learning this year. I know I have talked I've mentioned that I've read a lot of books and I mentioned that uh, I've been doing improving my geography because I've always been a bit shit at geography and as someone with a Ghanaian dad I felt like we should all be better at African geography anyway, because everyone just thinks Africa is a country and it's a continent. Um, but yeah, uh, so, nice. and it's so <laughs> awful. But I personally wanted to get better. One, th So I just wanted to tell you about, it makes me laugh because before we started doing this podcast, I didn't really know what podcasts were. <laughs> Is that this on the last episode? Yeah, I I didn't know, and now I listen to so many podcasts. I know, and um, you I love it. I know, I really love it, and especially like uh, if I've not got any meetings at work, I love having a podcast on while I'm doing work. Oh. And um, and I'd be really interested. Anyone who's listening to this, let us know what your favorite podcasts are. Um, I'd re I'd really like. I'd probably like to listen to some more kind of LGBTQ type podcasts. Like I don't, like quite a lot of people like Query and I don't really like it. I don't know, I just can't get into it. But I tell you what, there is one that does remind me of you when I listen to it. <laughs> um, because it's, because it's about, it's about history. Um, and I have been absolutely rinsing a podcast called What's Her Name recently, which is oh, basically, yeah. I mean, oh. I love that podcast. <laughs> What's the name? It's a great podcast. It's... I love, like, there's a lot of, like, a few years ago, there was a lot of, like, hidden histories of women. 
and women in history and folklore women and things like that and i'm really into it yeah it's, it's absolutely amazing if you are into history even it, it doesn't matter if you're in it doesn't matter if you're like you might be particularly into finding out about women's history but if you are a person who is alive and you like <laughs> finding out about yeah if you are if you're someone who wants to just find out about history and our lives and it, you don't even like some people are like oh I only like Egyptian history or I only like Victorian history what's the name covers the most expansive histories I have ever heard in my life oh, like some of it so like, what like I, rubbing my thighs yeah right <laughs> one I listened to the other day was like and she lived in 250 BC like however many thousands of years ago is that like I was just like what the fuck like I can't I, it, yeah it's just Sorry, amazing I was just really smugly thinking to myself that I knew I know who the Roman emperor was at that time <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good like it's so uh, and it, 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 it covers good. women from across the world as well so it's really not just America America it's not Eurocentric it's uh yeah it's super awesome like i absolutely i'm loving it so much and it's it's presented by um olivia mickle and katie nelson who are two sisters and they're they're both academics um but it's so accessible like and they get other experts on to talk about the particular women that they want to uncover and it's really funny because one of the sisters really loves uk history and there are a few episodes where she is in the UK and she's interviewing people like in Bath and in Warwick and it's amazing. I was like, I know where she is. <laughs> oh, they always love Bath and Warwick. I know. Actually. Posh people. I love it. I know. Yeah. I know. Have you been yeah. enjoying any podcasts recently? Yeah, I listened to a, so as you know, I'm very into my fiction podcast. Um, and I've just listened to this um mid midwestern gothic um called unwell Ooh, um sounds creepy it's about a woman who we think has alzheimer's but there's ghosts in the town so we're not quite sure um but the main character is a, is a black lesbian um her her sort of scientific nerdy psychic is a non-binary person like is this the, me and you the... is it me and you <laughs> <laughs> um it's really like um, it's got some really good music, like really good soundscaping to it. Um, really like story, like if you like things like American Horror Story and stuff like that, it's sort of uh, like that, but obviously podcast, audio, fiction based. Um, but you can listen to it on on Spotify. But it's one of like the first ones that I've listened to that has it is really inclusive classed, um, and they talk about like you know they. they talk a little bit about being non-binary and stuff like that but it's it's sort of like not really a big deal you know it's not made to be a big deal in any way it's just yeah these people exist and that's that's what that's what I really love hearing it's like listening to really good fiction um and things like that that is inclusive that isn't mm. just like a white man and a white woman trying to solve a mystery because that's what a lot of them are <laughs> mm. you know it, it's it was really different and I really enjoyed it um so yeah, love that. If you like a, a good fiction podcast, um, I mean, I listen to Law all of the time. I need to get like a new favorite podcast. But I, I'm with Kathy. I do recommend What's Her Name because I think, like, I really love learning about non-white history. Um, I really like try to try to teach myself like Chinese history from like the beginning of of history, and that was really terrible without a teacher <laughs> but like podcasts like this make 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 it bite-sized and make it accessible yes definitely so it's less daunting you know history has been written from the white male perspective and what's the name like it gives you the facts that women have been amazing and heroic and smart and clever and inventive Genius. and leaders for decades and centuries and centuries and centuries uh the histories of women you've never heard of and i literally listened to it pretty like i've i've, I've heard of a couple like the one i listened to the other day was on claudia jones who i know only because she's the founder of notting hill carnival 
but I didn't know anything else. Um, and then, yeah, there have been a couple like that where I'm like, oh, I know a little snippet, but the majority I'm like, who? Who's that? What? Yeah. <laughs> Which she? goes to show you how um, little... Yes revered women are in in history yeah which is awful um and yeah it's yeah. it's super interesting so i really recommend it i also caught up on flick through yesterday which our friends kay and erica uh do the special subject uh podcast called flick through where they uh, erica and kay both pick a band and they do lots of research on that band and the record and then they um basically educate each other about that band and that um that record oh. which is like re it's super interesting they've both chosen uh some of my favorite bands uh, on the podcast before they've they've both chosen bands i've never heard of so again it's like a really it's been a really great um kind of learning experience on like different bands and like the history yeah. of different musicians and stuff uh which yeah. i found really interesting that sounds really cool yeah yeah it's really... so much more organized than ours yeah no. <laughs> it is it is and it's very theirs is very on schedule every two weeks i'm still i'm like almost two seasons into Shit's creek and i'm still not like it is it is good but I just, I'm not getting the hype. I'm still not getting the hype. I also really feel like this about Shit's Creek because essentially it's just a bunch of rich people who have lost all of their money and I have no fucking sympathy for it. But I think <laughs> you're not all. supposed to have sympathy for them though, are you? No, and I think that's the point of it. It's yeah. like in the beginning, I was like, why is this groundbreaking in any way? But it, it is, again, it's... Uh, I like watching it because it's sort of mindless TV to watch. Yeah, that's what Mary and says. I, it's just like I, silly and, and nice. And I enjoy it because there's no homophobia in it. It's, it's quite a big thing. And I think that's really important. However, there's like one black woman in it and one Indian guy in it. Yeah. Or, or brown guy because I'm not sure if he's actually from India. And I just feel like it's it's like, yeah, it's groundbreaking, but it could do more, honestly, really. It could do more. Yeah. You know, and I hope that this springboards more stuff that's going to be, you know, because, I mean, if, if putting Moesha and, and Sister Sister on Netflix has taught us anything, is that we are thirsty for all black casts and, yeah. and shows by, by black people that are produced by black people and tell stories of black, about black lives. Yeah. Um, and, I yeah, I do like Shit's Creek, but it is on on one sort of note really isn't it yeah was it you or mary that was telling me that um they read i think it might be mary saying that they read um just loads of responses from people to Shit's creek and just lots of uh parents kind of saying like this has taught me loads about how to like just be a better parent to my my gay son or daughter or whatever and like yeah. uh, loads of queer people just saying like this is how you have queer characters where their queerness is not a bit of a joke uh, it just yeah. is it's just them as a person like it's not yeah to be fair i was watching shit's greek yesterday um and there's some very explicit queer bit gay bits in in the future series which you will get to i'm not going to spoil it for you <laughs> But Michael came home from work early, you know, my mum's partner, who's like a labourer, whatever, you know, kind of thing, makes makes some jokes that I'm not that fond of quite a lot. You know, that's, that's the family I come from, guys. Um, <laughs> but then, like, watching watching these scenes, these, these scenes where men are kissing and things like this with somebody who has mostly engaged with her, um, homosexuality through the butt of a joke, you know, there's always something like yeah. being gay in a sitcom always means something bad is going to happen to you or mm. you're going to be humiliated in some way. That's mm. just what it is for gay people and trans people. Isn't it? And so being able to watch this with him and there being such love and like such genuine connection there, I, that is, I found that that was really powerful and that mm. was really good because I was just like, yeah, you know, this is what being gay is. It's completely normal and it's, it's good that this is on TV. It's sad that it's like, look, this is on TV. And isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's yeah. it's 2020, and why is this only happening now? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope it springboards into more things opening up that are going to explore this, like, safe 
gay storyline mm. or you know and also that that is a centralized part of the plot as well because that's the thing about it is that it's not a subplot it's the main plot of the you know it's a main plot of the show um or becomes a very central part of the show as it as it continues and that's another thing isn't it so like gay relationships are often very sidelined yeah it, they're sort of a kiss and it's very like oh that's so nice yeah anyway <laughs> back to whatever you know this is like unavoidable it's like part of the whole thing so that is really nice i'm gonna i'm gonna keep persevering yeah. with it I'm i gonna... think you should because i think there were like i wasn't particularly sold on it because it was chuck chuck from binary who who suggested it to me and they love it and I was like, oh, you know, and I mean, season, yeah, yeah, like season two, I was like, oh. but I feel like it picks up and it gets a bit better okay. towards the end, you know. There, there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, I'm not crying. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep going with it. I have really enjoyed rinsing Sister Sister. Oh my um, god, it's so. It's it's so ahead of its time. It's so there was a. I did watch an episode the other day with some uh slight brown face, which. With, oh my god! With, oh my god! The, the with girl Denise, wants to be there yeah, time. and I was just like, oh no, um, yeah. So that was weird. But generally, it's aged really well. Moesha, not so much. Hasn't aged as well. There's, like, in the first, like, it's in, like, the second episode. It's, like, really fatphobic. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, But in saying that, when I watched Moesha, I can totally see why I loved it so much. There are, like, no white people in it, (laughs) pretty much. Like, it's even when they're they're at the den and they're watching some music or some poetry or whatever, and there's the shots of the crowd, and there's, like, one white person. It's just people of colour everywhere, and black people and black lives and black culture, black hair, black... Like, and I I can... Of course that's why I loved it when I was, you know... My mum, my mum really... My mum's a white blonde woman, like... We used to watch it together. She always found it really funny. She loved Sister Sister as well. And like, you know, I can see so much of my teenage self in Tia and Tamara. Like, you know, I had curly hair like that, you know, when I was young. And it's like, of course I loved these shows. They were so important to me. Um, yeah. So it's it's been awesome to like rewatch them. Sister Sister ahead of its time. And Moesha has like a is like an older demographic it's like you know it's for like 16 17 year olds whereas yeah sister sister is like early teens but like yeah moesha mm, not as right on but you know maybe i'll watch a few more episodes and the fashion is amazing yeah it is yeah everyone looks amazing and did you notice that d the mum or the stepmom is the mum from Sister Act 2. She's Lauren Hill's yeah. mum in Sister yeah. Act 2, which I loved, which obviously at the time I did not put two and two together. But as soon as I saw her in the first episode, I was like, oh, it's Lauren Hill's mum in Sister Act 2. <laughs> oh my God, there's a film on Netflix as well that's a Christmas film that's got Kia in it. Really? And it's got um, Ray and Lisa in it, or her parents in it as well. They're like on holiday. She like calls them, and they're like on holiday. And like, I want a t-shirt with with cult of Lisa. Yeah. all so her fat like her outfits in every episode. So good. Lisa is so hot. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So hot. I've, I've got such a, a soft spot for that. You know, single mum. Yeah. Seamstress. Yeah, you know, making yeah. it happen her way. You, I me, mean, both. We could have done with a ray, but you know. Yeah, well, that's the thing about sister, sister that, um, like, obviously, I didn't think about so much when I was younger watching it, but from the first episode, really interesting um plot subplots on class and obviously on race as well but in particular class and that tension between lisa and ray and like because in that very first episode where they meet and ray goes to lisa's apartment and he's really uncomfortable because they're in downtown detroit and like she's just like what are you you nervous about my neighbors like you're nervous about my neighborhood like what's your problem and he's like oh no 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 and i was like oh my god this is so good this is so fucking ahead of its time so clever i was like yeah but that's right yeah well and then like 
I feel like Roger, for me, grows on me a lot as well, because obviously at the first, I'm like, you're so misogynistic. Yeah. It's awful. But then, like, develops into this really, like, fun threesome friendship that I really like. Yeah. And I think it's really sweet, and I and, and Roger grows on me, and I'm like, I'm not sure if that's, like, devices that they're using, that they're like, isn't the misogynist cute? He'll grow on you. Or whether, like, he does have character development and does become a better person. No, I think he does. Yeah, I think he has character development because, yeah, he is misogynistic. And I think you're supposed to let him get away with it because he's so young. Like, he's supposed to be a year younger than Tyrion Tamir. And he's like, oh, he's just, like, you know, into girls and stuff. And, yeah, it's kind of gross. But then, then, yeah, it does does develop. um, And he starts showing a bit more respect and a bit more you know it's interesting yeah what um, and i like I, as well as it goes on like you can tell the difference between tia and tamara like in the beginning like yeah and then as you watch it for longer you're like oh no wait the nuances are coming yeah in. absolutely like <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 definitely well i want to know what everyone else has been interested in what are you enjoying on netflix or on whatever streaming service that you use uh, yeah. That's what I want to know. I want to know if you have watched Happiest Season, the gay uh, Christmas film with Kristen Stewart. I want to know. Oh, I've heard mixed reviews. I know. So I'm me gonna, too. I'm going to quote Laura Ankles on Twitter right now, who said, um, I watched The Happiest Season and now I'm homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't I watched. I have people that have been like, yeah, it's cheesy, but I loved it. Yeah, well, apparently it's, like, really toxic. Like, there's some weird, like, toxic behaviour. Um, that doesn't me. No, and, like, oh, no. I there was a tweet from a colleague of mine who watched it and said, uh, this can't be real because in the film, Kristen Stewart has a tiny duffel bag and there's no way that she could have fit all 12 of her blazers in there. She's not really gay. So... <laughs> which I found hilarious. I haven't watched it yet. If you have watched it, uh, no spoilers, but I do want to know what you thought of it. Please let us know. Uh, You can let us know on Instagram. You can let us know on our Facebook page. Uh, Can you leave comments on SoundCloud? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you can if you like. Um, Oh, we've got an email uh, address. We've got an email address, haven't we? And we've got an email address. If you want to get in contact with us for any reason at all, then please do, like... Drop us a line, let's have a conversation. If you disagree or if you agree with anything that we've said in this episode, please do get in touch. <laughs> it's uh, chipsandbeanspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, yeah. And it would be really nice to hear from you over the, the end of year break. Yeah. This year is um, ending on a slightly higher note than it was beginning, I think. Yeah, trying not to be too optimistic, but you know, we yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's a there's a vaccine, and and people seem to be a lot more comfortable about staying inside. Yeah. Um, I mean, mostly it's because it's winter right now, so yay for winter. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, get in touch with us. Um, let us know what you think of this episode. What you think of other episodes? Recommend us to your friends. Like the biggest thing with podcasts is that we really rely on like word of mouth. And you letting your friends know that you really like this podcast or whatever, and liking and subscribing, that really, really helps us to keep the podcast going so that we know how many people are listening. And if you're sharing it with people, that also like means a lot to us. And it means that we have the impetus to keep going and keep making more episodes. Um, you know, we're just we're just two little bitches who want validation at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. What I would I would be interested. Um, it would be awesome if you have been listening either for a while or you've just joined us. Um, I would we'd really love to know what you think of the podcast and what you think you would like us to focus on next year. This is probably going to be our last podcast of twenty twenty. Um, yep. I know we've been a bit hit and miss this year for various reasons, but I'm sure you can all understand that. Um, thanks for sticking with us uh, if yeah. you've been with us throughout this year we know it's been a bit choppy the waters have been choppy but thanks for staying on the boat <laughs> with yeah, us that's that a very nice analogy thanks like um, yeah. so yeah it, please take care of yourselves um, I for one have really enjoyed 
still doing this podcast when we could, you know, when we can have, and I've really enjoyed uh, putting this podcast out and having conversations and you guys engaging with us. So please, please take care of yourselves. Um, If you like, you know, if you're feeling a bit lonely, stick on a chips and beans episode. It might, might make you feel like you're having a conversation with us. Yeah, especially the early ones where Cassie talks about dildos and I get really embarrassed about it. <laughs> Definitely, Definitely recommend those episodes because they're really fun. <laughs> and you know what? In the new year, I think we should maybe make a pledge that we will bring back some of our sex talk. Yeah. Because it's been lacking this year because obviously the lack of sex because it's illegal now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not illegal. Uh, but maybe, yeah, maybe we'll start talking about it a bit more in the new year. But let us know what you think. Yeah, you know? especially because I'll be starting my sex therapy training. So. Oh my God, I'm going to get fucking psyched all the time. <laughs> all the time. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We're, Take care. We'll probably leave it there. Yeah, have great Christmas and New Year. Whatever you're doing, whoever you're with take time for yourself if you are stuck with terrible racist homophobic family no don't forget that you are not alone your chosen family are more important than those homophobic bastards and we love you we're part of your chosen family and you're part of us take care see you on the flip side bye bye